This week, we're studying the rules governing the operations of partnerships. In this segment, we consider a couple of questions related to a partner's intentions when dealing with partnership property. The first question deals with a partner who acts to save partnership assets from loss, but is only able to save some of the assets. The Gemara discusses the case of bandits, where bandits are seizing the property, and, he ma- and one partner manages to save some of the assets. We can consider a fire. Warehouse is burning down, and one partner manages to save some of the merchandise from destruction. May the partner who saved them, may he claim the saved assets as his own share of the partnership, or must he share them with the other partners? So, for example, if there are two partners and each one contributed $50 to the partnership, the total assets are $100, and there's a fire, and one partner manages to save $50 worth of partnership property, can he say, well, my share of the partnership is 50%, and I save 50% of the assets, so I'm taking, that, I'm taking them for my share? Or do we say, no, whatever he saved is partnership property, and he has to split that 50-50 with other partners, so he would only get $25 of the assets that he saved. Gemara Bavakama, Kuftazayin Amidbeis, brings a brisa. Tanra Banan, Shayara Shaisa Malachas Bamidbar, a caravan is traveling in the desert. The Ahmad Gaius Vitarfa, a troop of bandits pillages the caravan, seizes the property. The Ahmad Echen Mehan Vahitzil, one member of the caravan manages to save some of the property. So the halacha is, Hitzil Amsa, whatever he saved, he shares with the other members of the caravan. Vim Amar and Yatil Atmi, if he makes an explicit declaration at the time that he saves the property, that he's saving it for himself, it's a latmo, then whatever he saves, he can keep. The Gemara doesn't understand this. The Gemara says, Hey, chidami, idi yachalahatil, if the situation is that other partners also were able to save, would have been able to save the property for themselves, why, why when he makes a declaration, can he keep the merchandise? But the other partners could have saved it. They're not miyayesh. They didn't give up on that, on the merchandise. So, it's, so their merchandise still belongs to them. So why can he keep it? If we're talking about a case where the other, the other members of the caravan were unable to save, at the time were unable to save the merchandise from the bandits, then they're miyayesh. They give up and he can be zoche for himself. He can acquire all the merchandise for himself. So even in the ratio where he didn't say, he didn't make an explicit declaration of Aniyatzil Atmi, why can he keep, uh, why can he keep whatever he, whatever he saves? Find your keepers, if there's Yeish. So the Gemara explains, Amarami Barchama, Hacha Bishutfin. We're not simply talking about members of, of a caravan who have no relationship with each other, we're talking about Shutfin, we're talking about partners. And therefore, Rashi explains, Bein Yecholam Lahatil, Bein Ein Yecholam Lahatil, we can understand the distinction in the Reish and the Seif of the Brisa, between the Reish and the Seif of the Brisa, regardless of whether we're talking about other partners could have saved the merchandise, were unable to save the merchandise, Askinan, Uchagonzeh, Shutaf Cholek, Shlolodas Chavero. Normally, if a partner wants to divide partnership merchandise to dissolve the partnership, he has to notify the other partner that he wants to do that. Here, because it's an emergency situation, he has, he has the right to be cholek, to dissolve the partnership without notifying the other partners. So, Omar Polig, in the Seifa, where he says, he's dissolving the partnership, and he's acting on his own, and therefore, whether there's yeish or not, if there's yeish, he can certainly keep uh, whatever he gets, and even if there's no yeish, he can simply say, look, it's an emergency, I'm dividing the, I'm, I'm dissolving the partnership, so whatever I save, I save on my own account. However, lo amar, lo polik. If he doesn't say any atzilatmi, then regardless of whether there is yeish, there's not yeish, even if there is yeish, nevertheless, whatever he retrieves, whatever he saves, 
we consider him to be saving on behalf of the partnership, because he's still a partner, because he, well, he didn't dissolve the partnership. Rashi explains, Shaper of it, the master nafshe iska, what he did, he saved merchandise on behalf of the business, is appropriate, the tarvayu, since, the, since he's a shutif with the other with the other members of the caravan, he didn't dissolve the partnership. That it, it's the way of partners to work on behalf of the partnership. So whatever he saved, even if he's considered to be, even if he's saving something which Yehosh already occurred vis-a-vis the merchandise, nevertheless, whatever he did, he's, he, there was a presumption of dedication. We assumed he act he acted on behalf of the partnership. So whatever he saved. He has to share with his other partners as long as he didn't make an explicit division of the partnership. Now the Gemara repeatedly says it depends on Omar. The Bryce had said, the Bryce had said, Im Omar ani atmi. Rami Bar explains Omar Palig, Lo Omar Lo Palig. Several times the Gemara uses the word Omar. Do we actually require a verbal declaration? So this is a machlokis between the Beis Yosef and the Bach. Beis Yosef brings the Mordechai in Choshen Mishpat, Simon Kuf Aleph. The Mordechai says, Omar Polig, Lo Omar Lo Polig. Pasuk Rebbeinu Avi HaEzri, Demain Eidim B'davr She'omar Kain. If he can, bring witnesses that heard him say, Ani Atzi La'atmi. Nishpash Lo Neskavin La'atzi La'atma B'zocha. He has to swear. He has to swear that that's the case. He has to swear that he that that he did it on, a, on a, that he was Neskavin, that he intended to do it for himself. And then we say he's uh, Zocha for himself. So even the Skavain, the Mordechai seems to say, even a, even a nonverbal declaration, even a kavana, even a mental declaration is sufficient. But if he can't prove it, then he has to then he has to swear that that, that that's what he intended. The Bedeka bias of the Beis Yosef is matmiya on this. He has several questions. First of all, he says the Gemara says repeatedly Amar. So the Gemara is mashma dafka ba'amar. Skavain is not enough, and the reason for that would be the Beis Yosef says because we have a general rule: Zvarim shabalei ve'inam zvarim. What a person thinks, what a person intends internally without verbalizing, doesn't count. Furthermore, the Beis Yosef asks, if indeed kavana is enough, how would there be a shvua on that? A shvua, the, the general rule is that you need a tainas vadai. The, the plaintiff has to have a tainas vadai, a concrete and definite assertion, which the defendant is contradicting by his statement, then he has to take a shvua. But if kavana is sufficient, the, the other shutta, if the plaintiff here is not a is not a mind reader. He doesn't know whether he was miscavin or not, so, so he only has a tiny suffix. So if he has a tiny suffix, how can he ask for a shvua? So because of these various objections, the Beis Yosef says, the Lishna de Niskavin Lavdafka, when the Mordechai said Niskavin, he doesn't mean mental declaration, he means, like the Gemara says, Amar, Hainu Lomar de Amar Latmoni Matzil, he has to make a verbal declaration. So then, if he has witnesses that heard the declaration, then fine, then he's Zocheh. If there were no witnesses, and the other Shutuf was present, and Haya Shema Shutuf, the other Shutuf was there, and he said, I was there, I was listening, you, you did not make any such verbal declaration. And he says, oh yes, I did. That's a Tainas Vadai. And then Yishava. Then Lav, if the other Shutuf was not there, and can't and doesn't have a Tainas Vadai, then in Nechanami, he can't ask for a Shvua, then he only can ask for a Cherem Stam. A Cherem Stam is, a, is an institution mentioned in the Gaonim, it's a cheirem, but it's treated like a lesser form of shvua. Even with it, when, when you only have a tiny suffix, that's what you can get. The most you can get is cheirem stam. So the Beis Yosef ultimately concludes in the Bedekabayas that the Mordechai is in is lav dafka. He means what the Gemara says. He means Amar, and otherwise it would be dvarim shibalev. The Bach disagrees. The Bach says that the Mordechai said niskavin and he meant niskavin, and a, a mental declaration is sufficient. What about the Gemara? The Gemara says Amar. So the Bach explains, 
Shelo Amar Avya Ela Kishlo Hayasham Shutuf. Kishlo Hayasham Shutuf, Hasim Hujlobin and Amar. When the other Shutuf is not present, when he's there by himself, then an internal mental declaration is sufficient. What's the point of a verbal declaration? The point of verbalizing things, the point of saying things out loud, is so someone else should hear them. If there's nobody else to hear, then why bother? Then a mental declaration is enough. However, so, 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 if nobody was there, not other should if nobody was there, what's the point of saying anything? In such a case, in Achanami, there won't be a Shavuah. Although he says, no, I'm sorry, he says there will be a Shavuah, but he says, when it, in the context of Shutfus, there is a Shavua even Batayna Stafik. Avalam Hayashim Adam, if there was somebody there, the other Shutfus, Bachis Mashm, or anybody else even, then Amrinam Begamar, Debai Amar. If there is somebody here to benefit from you, to hear your verbal declaration, then we require you to make a verbal declaration. That's what the Gemara means when it says Amar. Bach doesn't explain how he addresses the Beis Yosef's point about, Beis Yosef's point about Dvarim Shabalev, but that's the sheet to the Bach, that the Gemara said Amar, the Gemara did mean Dafka Amar, but the, the, that, that the, Gemara, the, Gemara did, the Gemara did mean Dafka Amar, and the, the Mordechai said Niskaven, and he did mean, he did indeed mean Niskaven, and they're both true. If there's someone else around to hear it, then we require Amar. If there is nobody else around to hear it, then Niskaven is sufficient. Second question regarding intention deals with a partner who acts in such a way that his conduct is considered improper by objective standards, it's against the best practices we find in Shulchan Aruch, or it's against even his explicit instructions by the other partner, but his defense is that he says he acted in good faith, he was, under the circumstances, he felt this was in the best interest of the partnership, and then something went wrong, and unfortunately there were losses, so is this a good defense? The defense, the credible defense, let's say we believe him, that he acted in good faith, but ultimately it was wrong, it was wrong, A, based on objective standards, or based on his explicit instructions, and B, it didn't turn out well. The, the, what he did ultimately resulted, the, the consequences were a, were a loss to the partnership. Can he defend himself by saying he acted in good faith, or do we say, no, since you deviated from your instructions, you deviated from best practices, you did what you weren't supposed to do, that we treat you as a poshea, as someone who's negligent, as a mishana, as someone who deviated from his instructions, We'll discuss in future segments what exactly the, the consequences of Shia or, or deviation are, but, but, but here we're going to discuss is that, is, is intention, is the fact that you meant well and acted according to what you believe to be the best interest of the partnership, is that a valid defense against the, the normal consequences of Shinoi or, Shinoi or Pshia? So this was a major dispute among the, the early Turkish Svardim, the Svardim of the 16th century and on, most Akronim, most of the Svardik Akronim held that in general, Niskavin Latova, the defense that you meant well, is not a valid defense. It is not going to absolve you from the consequences of your actions. There is one dissenting view. Well, we're, we're going to consider here a, a dispute about this found in the Chuvas Maritzalon between the Maritzalon himself and Rav Chaim Tapusi, another distinguished Turkish Posik, a contemporary. So the Maritzalon brings the brings Rafaim, a ruling of Rav Chaim Kapusi. They had a it was a it was a, it was a case that that which there was a long complicated machlokas involving several of the great Turkish postmen of the time. It was a case of shluchin of uh, of a mishaleach and a shliach common arrangement. The Sfardim used to discuss at that time where the mishaleach would send merchandise, send money, and trust merchandise or money with an agent who would. Who would operate the, the business the business venture in a foreign country? The agent would buy or sell, and then he would ship back the merchandise or the proceeds 
to his principal, and he would presumably be compensated for his for his trouble. So, in the case that Rechaim Kapusi and Mertelon are discussing, the the principal, the owner of the merchandise, issued instructions to his agent that when you that when you have the money, I want you to invest it in a. I want you to invest and purchase a certain type of merchandise, something called razosh, and send it back to me by ship when when possible. The agent had a better idea. The agent, uh, as we'll see in the tshuva, the agent thought that if he waited till he could purchase the razosh and send them back, that, that there would be a significant delay in getting the getting the money back to the principal and time is money, opportunity cost, uh, that, that he'd be wasting all this time sitting on the money. Instead, he decided to send the money back by an arrangement called Cambio, which was the way they used to uh, send money and transport money. And, and instead of waiting to buy Razo, she sent back the he sent back the money via Cambio on the first available ship, and he thought that was a great idea because the Michelin would get the money earlier. Unfortunately, things went wrong, and the money and the money was lost at sea. And now the question is. The Mishalach says, you deviated from my instructions. I told you to invest it in Razosh and send me the Razosh. You didn't do that. You're a Mishana and you're Chayev for the consequences. And, and at least one defense of the Shliach was, I believe that this was in your best interest since Razosh would have taken a while and I couldn't have gotten them to you right away. I would have had to wait for a later ship. I thought this was in your best interest. I acted in good faith. I acted, I acted faithfully as your fiduciary to, to, to try to, uh, to try to maximize your profits. Is that a good defense or not? So, Rav Chaim Kapusi ruled, Mikal Makom, he said, Kivan Shirov HaSochrim Nechalu Bahachi, most merchandise would have approved of this policy, would have approved of what he did. Vagam Rav Moshe, Rav Moshe was the Shliach, Lo Niskavin Lavrol Dat Meshalcho. He didn't intend to flout, to wantonly flout the, the instructions of his Meshalech. El Shesover, Ditzfei Revach Yeshver of Yaakov. Rav Yaakov, the Meshalech, he thought there'd be more profit by sending the money back right away to send them back by the Cambio arrangement instead of waiting for the Razo, by the first ship that was ready to sail now, in order that Rabbi Yaakov and Mishalech would have his money back and be able, Albisham Pamshenis, to do another deal. Miad, he thought that would, that would involve much more profit for Rabbi Yaakov, as opposed to waiting for Razo and waiting for a later ship. So Rabbi Kapusi said, Lomikri Poshea, He's not considered negligent. He's not a poshea. Upater And he's potter if an onus happened to the ship and the money was lost at sea. He's not a poshea. He's not considered negligent. And, the, negl- and therefore he is potter from onsim. He brings a raya from a Mordechai. The Mordechai says that in Shina, if a shliach deviated from his instructions, because he thought that by doing what he did, there would be greater profit and, and greater financial gain for the Mishalach. Instead of doing what Mishalach said, if he uh, improvises, there'll be more profit. Mordechai said he's not called a gazlan who stole the Mishalach's property. The halacha would be different, but he's not a gazlan, and therefore, and therefore, since he meant well, he's not a gazlan. Rav Chaim Kapusi says, in our situation as well, even if we'll argue that Ramosha, in his particular case, did deviate from the instructions, from the intentions of the Mishalech. Since the only reason he deviated was because he thought there'd be more profit by the cambio, immediate cambio arrangement, Miyad, Vesfina Rishona, by the first ship. More than by waiting for the Razo, Shubasfina Senis, by a later ship, Lomikri 
the key holding of Reb Chaim Kapusi is, this is not negligence, he's not called a Pashaya, Ela Yashar Venemon. He's an upright person with integrity, a faithful and trustworthy person, Mikanach Talameid, and therefore, when the Gemara, it's true, the Gemara does say regarding Shinoi, again, we'll discuss this in a future segment, future segment, Anosin Mos, Lechavero, Likach Ben Chitim, Lachach Ben Seorim, if a person sends a Shliach to buy wheat, and he deviates and he buys Seorim, that's called a Shinoi, in Pichsu, Pichsu Lo, the Gemara does say that if there's any losses, the Shliach bears those losses on his own, because he deviated, normally the losses would have been divided, it was, it was Lamechta, but here if he deviates and buys Seorim, he bears the loss on his own. Says Rav Chaim Kapusi, that is Dafkal in Yukra Vizula. That's only with regard, he says Yukra and Zula, he means Zula. That's only if the price goes down, if they suffer a business loss. Avalola owns him. But if the weed is stolen or burned or seized by bandits or something like that, lost at sea, then since he's not considered a Poshea, even though he was Mishana, since he meant well, he intended, he intended the best, for the, the, the best interests of the Mishalech, He's not considered a Pashaya, and he's not Chaya for Onsim. Merit Salon strongly disagrees. He says, Asher Hevia, Chachma Shalem, Rechaim, Dibriah, Mordechai. Tamati says, the Mordechai does not at all mean what he says. Merit Salon explains, the Mordechai just means he's not a Gazlan. If he'd be a Gazlan, the Halacha would be different. If he'd be a Gazlan, the Halacha would be that he would keep even the Rebach. That a Gazlan, we say, Kala Gazlan, Mishal, Mikishas, Akzela. And the, the Gazlan just pays back what he stole, and everything is his. The Rebach and the Hafsid is his. So that's all the Mordechai meant. But of course the Mordechai agrees that he's a, that he's a Mishana and a Pasheya. And of course the, and that's why the Halacha is Pichsu, that, that's why the Halacha is Pichsu, Pichsu Lo. If he wouldn't be a Mishana at all, Mertelon says, if we accept your idea that he's Yashar Venemon, Rav Chaim Kapusi said, She'ein Ramosha Pasheya ele Yashar Venemon, to ask Mertelon, who Yashar Venemon, Lama Pichsu, Pichsu Lishliach. If you hold he's a Yashar Venemon, we should treat him like someone who didn't deviate at all. And we should say that, the original arrangement still holds, and the Pachas is not born entirely by the Shliach. The Pachas is shared, as it would be if he wasn't Mishan at all. Let him say, Latovinus Kavanti, V'yashar V'nemanani, according to Rechaim Kapusi. Elevadai, Pashaya, Gomorhu, Maritz Alon says, no, he absolutely is a Pashaya, and that's why he bears the, the Pachas. Doesn't matter, Lo Shonilon, Benizkavan, Latova, he meant well, he didn't mean well, none of that is relevant, he's Mishana, he deviated, he's considered a Pashaya. He's not a Gazlan, because he didn't intend to steal, because he meant well, he intended the best interest of the Mishalach. He's not a Goslin, but certainly he's a Pashaya, below Amr, Shaina Nikra Pashaya, Halila the Khalila. The Muritzalan says, of course he's a Pashaya. So they both agree that if he's Mishane, even if he's Miskavin Latova, we still apply the Gemara's rule of Pichsu Pichsulo, that he bears the business losses. If there was a if there was a price decrease and he couldn't sell it for as much as, as he bought it for, they all agree Pichsu Pichsulo. But if there's an onus, then the Maritzalon says he's absolutely a Pashaya and a Mishane, and of course he bears that loss as well. And Rukhan Kapusi says, no, that, uh, that, that since he meant well, he's Yashar Venemon, and he's not a Pasheya, and he does not bear, he does not bear the responsibility for Ones, for things like theft, or shipwreck, or fire. The, the general question, what's the halacha, putting aside this question of Eskavin Latova, what's the halacha if a Shutuf is Mishana, or Pasheya, and then there were losses like shipwreck, or fire, but those losses were not necessarily consequent to his deviation. He bought different merchandise, and he put it on the same. And he put it, but he put it on the same ship that he would have put the first merchandise on, and that ship sank. And it made no, it made no difference at the end of the day what merchandise he put on the ship, or a fire burned down the warehouse, and whatever he put in the warehouse would have been destroyed. So the fact that he bought the wrong merchandise didn't matter. 
that's going to be a major machlok sakronim. Also, putting aside the, the defense of Neskav and Latova, is a shutif who deviates and is Mishana, but ultimately the losses are not a consequence, were not caused by his deviation, Sikhaya for that. That's also a major machlok sakronim, that's a separate machlok sakronim, related to these chuvas also, and that's something that we'll discuss, hopefully, in, a, in future segments as well.